name is Amanda. And I'm Kristen. And, and we are the Extra Sisters. Sisters. So sit back, relax, and let's get creepy. Welcome to episode 171 and welcome to the third day of Halloween. <laughs> and we are going to discuss Insidious 2 for this episode. Which... This is, I, I can't ever remember with the Insidious movies, like, what I've seen, what I haven't seen. I know I've seen The Last Key. Mm-hmm. Like, 100% certainty I've seen The Last Key and obviously the first one. But, like, two, three, I have no fucking idea. I know I've seen the third one, but I cannot remember it at all to save my life. And I tried The Last Key, but I didn't make it through because it creeped me out so much that it was making me sick to my stomach. So I need to retry that one. I mean, that's a success, though, right? It is, but I don't think it was really that creepy. I think I was just, like, in a funk or something, so I got to give it another try. You were just having an off day. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, so we need to to try that one again. We should do that one together. Yes. Yeah, I actually rented that because Insidious is one of the only franchises that my husband will actually watch for some reason, which is so weird to me. Same. Connor loves the Insidious movies. That just seems like such a creepy one for non-horror fans to like. Agreed, yeah. Especially because my husband is such a jump, like, anti-jump and they scare. Have scary jump scares. Like, mm, I have an issue. <laughs> or I guess I'll just, right off the bat, we're going to talk about this, okay? I'm ready. This was the most annoying fucking movie to watch, and here's <laughs> why. I couldn't hear anything they were saying, and then all of a sudden... It was screaming at me. Yes. And it was so fucking loud. And I eventually just got so fatigued by that use of like the loud jump scare. Like it was just sound. Mm -hmm. And it was just so fucking annoying after, you know, an hour and 45 minutes because I'm not, I know that that's just like a thing, but this one is just like, uses it so much more than other films mm-hmm. do or to like more of a, a contrast i suppose yeah especially like you know the insidious insidious movies because it's going to come to an end and it's going to try to be spooky and very quiet and then nerve, the music at the end showing the insidious yeah it's yeah, just like loud. it does in the beginning yeah exactly know? i hate, i agree i like, hate fuck. it yeah shut the fuck up you know mm-hmm. like i get it it is very creepy and it puts you on edge immediately right in the beginning and right at the end but the whole time i'm like i can't hear what anybody's saying but i also don't want to turn it up to hear them because y'all are going to scream at me in a second exactly like i literally was having the tv up at like 84 to hear them talk and then down to like 20 when i thought oh. a, a jump scare was coming because i couldn't hear shit and then mm-hmm. it got so loud my dogs were like bah, 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 you know like <laughs> it was freaking them out cuz it was so fucking loud and it just got so tiring because then at a certain point it felt very repetitive. Absolutely. At least this one did to me. Yeah. You know, I really liked the first one because it, it felt so different. This was really when James Wan was coming onto the scene with the conjuring and insidious and really mm-hmm. taking control of the genre, especially this subgenre of this like creepy paranormal possession type film that he's so good at or yep. was. But I feel like Insidious gets forgotten about a lot. Like, it is it is really scary, but it barely ever shows up on any lists of anything. It's like it was a, a movie that people don't ever talk about. I definitely agree with you. I always forget about it, to be honest with you. Mm-hmm. And it's not something, even when they first came out, that I really even thought about very much. It, And I think part of that is because 
Insidious 2 came out in 2013. He also released The Conjuring in 2013. Ah, yeah. And so I think that it just kind of, The Conjuring came out with such a bang Mm -hmm. that it just kind of got lost in the sauce, if you will, of Ed and Lorraine Warren, you know? Mm -hmm. That makes sense, yeah. Insidious came out in 2010. So, I mean, you know, I'll give it that, like... I think that that one did pretty well. Everyone was like, oh, my God, Darth Maul's in it, you know, <laughs> Yeah, with that one demon. And then when he tried to keep going with it, it just got overshadowed by everything else he was doing with the Conjuring mm-hmm. universe, you know, which is fair because Ed and Lorraine Warren did just become such a powerhouse of, you know, fictional or otherwise their stories did. So I could definitely see Insidious falling by the wayside here because in my opinion, it is weaker to the actual, like, The Conjuring and The Conjuring 2. It is, but definitely don't sleep on Insidious because it's got some creepy fucking shit in it. I totally agree. And it's an interesting, like, I really like the other world part of it. I love the further. It's so fucking interesting. And James Wan just does that. Like, he, I mean, we just had Malignant, which is hard to even explain because it's just a James Wan world and who knows it's going to be crazy and weird. He also has the same composer that did Insidious music and the Conjuring music, Joseph Bishara, and the music is just so good. Yeah, like it's way loud, but oh, so good. Yeah, but like just the theme music. Like mm-hmm. he also did Dark Skies for people that have seen that one. Like he, A Night of the Demons. He did the Grave Dancers, Kristen. Do you oh, remember when mm-hmm. I made you watch that weird movie? <laughs> yeah. VHS. I mean, he's just like a horror master of. I love that. Of, yeah. Spooky, ooky movies. <laughs> he did The Prodigy in Ooh. 2019. Yeah, now I'm like looking at his, and he did Malignant. Look at that. He just does like everything James Wan does. Anyways, but yeah, the the music is definitely like a device that I don't mind background music. And I don't even mind sound being used as a jump scare, you know. Right, but for every scare? Come on. And so loud. Yeah. Lord. Like, I I can't even imagine saying this in theaters. Yeah, even it out a little bit, you guys. Yeah, also, astral projection is just a spooky... Scary fucking shit. Oh, my God. Yeah, just like an interesting thing to go into. And they don't even really say astral projection, I don't think. But that's what this is. Yeah. Like, this dad and this kid are able to astral project. And in the first one, they think that they've conquered it. But you know, and my another problem that I have with this film, and I'm, I'm not here to shit on Insidious 2, it's definitely watchable. It's definitely can be enjoyable. It's just def- like, I felt like it was very predictable. Yeah. Because in the first one, it ends with you knowing that Josh, the dad, comes back as not Josh. So you already know the whole plot of the second one. Exactly. So he doesn't get to be as creepy as he necessarily should because you already know he's the bad guy. He's going to try and kill his whole family. Yeah. And uh, right. I'm going to talk about my little pet peeve that's right in the beginning. Also, I love Lynn Shay. Adore her. She's the medium 
in this and she died in the first one. But we have her voice for the lady who is playing a younger version of her. That's not how that works. <laughs> As you age, your voice tends to change. And Lynn Shea's voice sounds like an older woman coming out of the body of a 30-something-year-old woman. So it it looks the voice acting was amazing. Like she really did match up with what Lynn Shea was saying, or I don't know how they did it, but it, they did it great with mouthing it, but it didn't look right. And it drove me insane. I think if they had even had Lynn Shea speaking it and maybe even pitched it up a little bit, it still would have. Yes. You know what I mean? Exactly. But it just sounded wrong because you know, Lynn Shea and you're like, that's not fucking her. <laughs> that's not Lynn. <laughs> exactly yeah i mean i did like getting a little bit more of the backstory with mm -hmm. josh as a child and you know i you know and I, you also get a backstory from this woman that is basically possessing josh and her family because josh is actually possessed by this parker guy right or is it the yeah. woman yeah no, no it's, it's her son it's, yeah because Spoiler alert, Parker was a boy and his mom wanted a girl, so she like totally fucking it's traumatized sleep away him. Cam. <laughs> so, so traumatic. She totally traumatized him into basically forcing him to act like a girl. And it, he turned into a serial killer who would dress up as a woman in like a black wedding dress and veil and kill other women. And that's the one that is possessing. Patrick Wilson. So he's possessed by kind of a woman, kind of a man. You know what's weird? This has nothing to do with Insidious 2. <laughs> Ever since we watched Sleepaway Camp for Patreon, I have not stopped thinking about that movie. See? It just like <laughs> digs into your brain. It's crazy. I think that's my favorite slasher. <laughs> <laughs> there we go. Except now we know what Halloween. you're going to put on there. Except for Halloween, I think Sleepaway Camp. Like, I need to watch it again. Like, I yeah. I have to watch that movie again. I told you. That's when I was like, I have to watch this with Amanda. I have to. Getting like a brain itch to watch Sleepaway <laughs> Camp again. Anyway, patreon.com slash the Exorcist <laughs> podcast for a review of Sleepaway Camp. So, another thing too is they know that this is happening again. So they moved in with Josh's mom and Josh's wife and mom know it's happening again. And he just tells them to shut up about it. And they do. No, hell no. Right. Oh your, my God. I was so pissed off at that. Your kids are at risk here. Mm -hmm. I'd be like, okay, if you don't think this is happening again, you, I, I, how do you not know? That's not your husband. Dude. Immediately. Because yeah. he's acting like a dickhead. Yes. And he, in the first one, we even see, like, she has a special song for him. Like, she wrote it. She's a pianist. And she wrote this song for him. And she keeps hearing it on the piano. And she plays it for him at one point. And she's like, that's what I'm hearing. He's like, well, what is that? And she's like, that's the song I wrote for you. And he has, like, no fucking idea. That's not your husband. Yeah. I, yeah. Mm-mm. I'd have immediately been like, all right, we are moving to a different state. Let's go. <laughs> <laughs> like, daddy is gone and he is not coming back. Yeah. Or as soon as I heard that song being played on the piano, like, that doesn't sound malicious to me. 
Exactly. You know? It sounds maybe like somebody trying to get your attention. Yeah. But then again, if I just saw the piano playing by itself, I'd be like, <laughs> no, I am out. Yeah, but what a specific outie. song, especially after seeing him go into the further. And then, you know, from the very beginning that she picked up the camera and saw that it was Josh because it was the picture that Lin Shay took of showing that he was the bad guy. Now she saw the picture there. Like she knows that he's possessed, true. but then just kind of like forgets about it. Yeah, that's true. Frustrating. Yeah, we learned that his handprint doesn't match the you know strangulation marks on Lin Shay's character so he's she's just like okay well he it must he must not be possessed bitch really yeah like what who else do you think fucking did it do you think somebody bailed out the house somebody walked in killed her and left <laughs> right like okay so yeah i mean he's possessed and the whole thing is he's got to kill Hit the family. Otherwise, he's just going to, like, rot. Yeah, which he, like, pulls out teeth and stuff. It's already happening. But, like, why? Why is it happening? I agree. He's possessed a body, which is what he wanted. So why does he have to keep killing? Yeah, I don't know. Just a spooky little, spooky yuki little aspect yeah. because we wouldn't have a plot otherwise. <laughs> yeah, basically like, just to bring in like the Norman Bates stuff because his mom's still controlling him even in death and she's telling him to kill these people. But it's just so weird that his body would rot away if he agreed. doesn't. Yeah, agreed. Like that was just a weird little thing. Again, I'm not, I don't hate this movie. I'm not trying to pick it apart. There were just things where I was like, why you know like why <laughs> but when why why are his teeth falling out why does the body rot if you don't continue to kill you know yeah because it seems like you have a body congratulations if you want to kill that's your prerogative i suppose <laughs> but if you don't you have a body you just have a body that's what you wanted you you succeeded in your mission to possess a living person yeah but whatever and we find out before he died, he went to the hospital that Josh's mother was actually a doctor at, which was pretty cool. Looking at it from like the 70s, and she's a woman doctor. Love that. But she's a doctor at this hospital and Parker, I don't remember his last name, but the bad Crane. guy, Parker Crane, shows up and they ask her and they're like, well, why was he there? And she goes, he tried to castrate himself. So this boy this man so fucked up from his mother yeah it happens to the best of us <laughs> <laughs> not castration just <laughs> never mind oh parents ruin your children <laughs> go to therapy <laughs> right <laughs> boomers sorry We've actually had quite a few boomers like our Facebook page recently. Love you. Thank you. <laughs> Hello. You should, though, if you need it. Just anyways. <laughs> also, when they go to this the crane house to, like, find out what's going on, they find all of these bodies that have been victims. But wouldn't they be ash at this point? You know, like. Yeah. This is not good science. <laughs> it's 
good creeps though like it was a very creepy room but they're sitting i understand rigor mortis and stuff <laughs> like they're sitting yeah. straight up and they've been there since what the 1900s or something <laughs> and they're they have form to them they look like if you and i were sitting straight up and down Mm-hmm. with a sheet over us and they like lip and they still like smell like recently decomposed bodies is how they're reacting i'm like i don't think that's how that works how long i think you skeleton at that point yeah i don't think there's any flesh left to be like sticky and bleeding yeah it's definitely just some paranormal spooks going on here to keep them like that you know i have been thinking about a horror story to write and i am so concerned about plot holes and apparently i don't Mm. need to be (laughs) (laughs) right not that that's a plot hole to the story it's just like one of those things where you're like wait 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 but why you know like (laughs) i just don't understand why that's a it could have been creepy enough had they just found the tools and torture devices and maybe like a journal or something you know right but no they found like a whole room of it basically just looked like the further yeah Mm -hmm. which i understand but i don't know (laughs) i agree with you though whenever i try to write stuff i try to cover up all those plot holes but i Apparently, you don't need to bother. (laughs) (laughs) Somebody will still make a movie and leave them in. How many movies, Hollywood movies, have we reviewed with glaring (laughs) plot holes where you're like, that logically could not have happened because of that plot hole? The majority of them. Look at Harry (laughs) Potter. Full of them. Yeah. Where things would not have happened because of plot holes that we just were like, it's fine. <laughs> we beat Voldemort. It's fine, you know. What I mean? <laughs> like Hogwarts. Yeah, Let's exactly. All right, exactly. So you know, whatever. As long as your story is captivating enough, I guess you can just have major, major issues. I just don't understand how publishing companies don't catch that. But whatever, we're not talking about that. <laughs> so we eventually have this other dude who was. Elise's friend I guess and these two other paranormal investigators who we haven't talked about yet but they were from the first one too and they are trying to contact Elise for help which another thing you should have been very careful about that because how do you know you're talking to Elise because eventually they're talking to someone that's not correct that's literally your job you have one job (laughs) with your little dice yeah you're a paranormal speaking to people machine so like know who you're talking to yeah if listen that's that's why you don't trust ouija boards and shit because they're like yes you're talking to your dead grandmother and then it's pazuzu (laughs) you know what i mean like you never know (laughs) meemaw (laughs) <laughs> no, it's not fucking me, Ma. You're gonna go straight to hell in about six to eight weeks <laughs> after you have been thoroughly possessed and scared all of your close relatives after death. And True facts. puked up pea soup. <laughs> Masturbated the crucifix. It just wouldn't be a good time. Just ask first. Right. Don't forget to say goodbye. Uh, yeah, and that too. How do you say goodbye with those dice? You don't. Yeah, you don't. That's why they got fucked up. (laughs) 
Yeah, but Elise, like, I guess they do contact her at some point, right? Or did they just never get Elise? I mean, they get her. at some point, right? Yeah, because, I mean, I guess the knife thing could have been his mom just being a bitch still. But, I mean, they eventually get into the further and Elise is there. She's like, oh, what the fuck? (laughs) (laughs) She's like, I was in the the good place and now you brought me here to this miserable fucking further. So let's fix this shit. She's like, I got to heaven and now you brought me to the creepy. Yeah. Like, is that even purgatory? Because that's awful. Yeah, I don't know. I hate it. Do you remember the purgatory from the movie Toothless? That's what I want. You get like a motel room and stuff. Are you thinking purgatory about it? from Toothless? The movie Toothless? Wait. Yeah, I'm pretty sure that's oh, what it's called. Yeah, it's got with Kirstie <laughs> Yeah. Oh, no. I don't remember. I barely remember that movie. What? Yeah. yeah. And you get to hang out in purgatory and then they send her to hell on an elevator. Oh. Yeah. Super Disney in the 90s, you know? <laughs> She's a Scientologist, so she'll probably go to hell anyways in real life. Right, exactly. mm -hmm. Anyways, so they do get to the further, and they meet Elise and Josh, and this Elise's friend are there, and that's when they see the story of what happened to Parker. It was sad because, like, he was a sweet kid at some point. Yeah, it is really sad. But now he's a murderer. Yep. Yeah. Crazy yep. mom. Yep. It'd be like that sometimes. <laughs> and so they basically, she's telling Josh, like, you've got to go home because, you know, he's going to fucking kill your family. And Josh is like, yeah, I, I fucking know that. Thank you. <laughs> and then Been trying. Thanks. Well, the whole time the Parker Crane is possessing Josh and is actively trying to kill his family and let me tell you the scariest part of this movie is not the demons and stuff somebody running full speed after me would give me a fucking heart attack dude the most anxiety that i think i've like not like real anxiety like panic attacks but just like you know like when you were a kid or and you're whatever. playing tag and you don't yeah. want to get caught yeah yeah or somebody catches you at hide and seek or something mm-hmm. that shit is spooky and then somebody's <laughs> running after you full speed ahead and trying to kill you yeah like it's not just tag it's not just fun they're I, yeah mm-hmm. i was even thinking about like acting that scene out would oh. Yeah. That would give me so much anxiety. Like, I would have to hyperventilate after every <laughs> single scene. I would be so good at acting it because I would actually be having yeah. a meltdown. I would not be acting. I would, they would have to, like, have Xanax to the side <laughs> because that just seems like it would be so intense. Just have them hand it to you once you get to the end of the, the running. Yeah. Yep. Exactly. And eventually his kid that can astral project is like, I know that I was, you know, almost taken by a demon. And I'm like, I caused this whole problem. Right. Sorry about that. Yeah. Sorry, fam. I'm going to go in there and find dad. And he does. And then dad comes back and. Ta-da. And then they decide at the end that they're going to have their memories suppressed by Carl because he gets to come back from the dead. I don't know why some people can and some people can't, but 
Elise is like, you still have a heartbeat. And I'm like, then how did he get here? Yeah, there's a couple of those that drove me crazy. Like just making shit up. Yeah, like there's a point in the beginning when we're back in time and talking to little Josh and little Josh is like, I'll show you. And he's being all creepy and he like points to a door and it opens by itself. And the adults are like, oh, my God. And they panic. And then later on, Elise is in the further and watches the same thing happen. And she turns around. And she's like, that's what that was all about. And it's like, I liked that they brought it back. But I kind of hated that she mentioned it. Like, we understood. You didn't have to. It was real corny. Thanks and like for it. discounting our intelligence. Exactly. Elise. Yeah. And just like, yeah, him dying and coming back. I, why? But I told you to belong here because I felt your heartbeat. And it's like, wow, that was lame. <laughs> Super lame. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I'd probably give it a three, to be honest. Yeah. It's like very middle of the road. And that seems to be where it lies with most audience members. It has a 57% from the audience and a 39% from critics. So, yeah, it's got some nice creeps, definitely. If you want to be creeped out, you know, light some candles, it works. Other than that, the story is kind of meh. Man, she gets literally like knocked out by a ghost at some point though that'd be the end for me i'd be like i am not going back in that house bye-bye i'm getting rid of all the kids <laughs> y'all can come for yourselves right you can drop them off at a shelter i ain't doing it <laughs> a shelter. i can take them to like the humane society i don't know what to do with them i did guys. not yeah i did not sign up for this shit no no <laughs> if that ghost he wants them bad enough to assault me she can have them <laughs> she can have them. I don't even know one of them. She doesn't even talk yet. Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> like, she don't even know words. Ugh. I'm not attached yet. <laughs> That's hilarious. Yeah. Well, we hope you're having a great week. We have more coming, obviously, every day this week, plus one additional, because I graced y'all's presence here on Earth the day after Halloween. Woo! I'm so close. <laughs> Oh, I'm barely, barely missed it. I can't believe that. If I was your mom, I'd be like, induce me a day early. She didn't care. I was not due till three weeks after November 1st, so. Oh, god dang. You were early. Yeah, I was, yeah, I was early and small. <laughs> and not small. Stay, stay small, though, unfortunately. You're working on it. You'll get back to small. Yeah. He's fine. <laughs> Thank you guys so much for hanging out with us. You can find us on all of our socials. Everything is the Extra Sisters podcast except for Twitter, which is at the Extra Sisters. And I already plugged the Patreon. So you you can check us out there. Patreon.com slash the Extra Sisters podcast. I'll plug it twice. (laughs) And we'll be back with you tomorrow for It Runs in the Family. Until then, stay creepy.